brought to you by the WZIP sports team. This is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. Someone brings a video up and was like, hey, look at this. And we all kind of watch it. And to be honest with you, we all just kind of like chuckled and, and just <laughs> thought nothing of it. Exclusive original content. They do need Austin. Every Theory. brand needs Austin. That's no. why SmackDown won. That's why SmackDown won. because <laughs> oh, yeah. they got Austin Theory. And of course, the hottest takes. Kings Celtics. Okay. If we see Kings Sixers, I'll sell my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you heard it here first. Mitch Bates is going to sell his dog. So get ready because it's time for SPT Overtime. Sports Power Talk is in overtime as we approach AEW Double or Nothing taking place this Sunday, May 28th in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. As always, I am your host, Logan Buchanan, being joined by the Sammy Guevara to my Darby Allen, Mr. Jake Murren. Jake Today's a very special episode of our AEW podcast, and why is that? First of all, love that intro, Logan. And yeah, man, it's the last time this voice right now, you're hearing right now, is going to be featured on SBT Overtime, and I would have it no other way than with an AEW pay-per-view preview episode. I mean, Logan, you have done such a great job at resurrecting wrestling here at WCIP Sports, really bringing it to life. Both in, you know, that promotion over there called WWE that nobody really cares whoa, about nowadays. Whoa, whoa. And then, of course, <laughs> All Elite Wrestling that we have been hammering out these podcasts for the last probably year and a half, I'd say. And what a better card to round us out, at least for me anyways, with AEW and WZIP Sports than Double or Nothing 2023. I might be wrong, but I think the first AEW pod that I was on was a Double or It was either Double or Nothing or Forbidden Door. I don't remember which one was first. But it was one of those. Yeah, I think it was one of them. It might have been Forbidden Door because that was the card that I was having a miserable time <laughs> pronouncing all the names. And you definitely gave me some slack for I that. I did. I did. Yeah. I did. I might have. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, Jake, let's just get right into this. Start this episode strong with some dynamite predictions. First up, we got the ROH World Tag Team Championships on the line as the Lucha Bros face the Blackpool Combat Club with Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Of course, Claudio beating, I believe it was Ray Phoenix to earn this match and picking Wheeler Yuta to be his tag team partner. Who you got winning and why? Yeah, so initially this match was a pretty tough one for me to figure out. And then I thought of a loophole, okay? Mm. So... I was like, Blackpool Combat Club, they are featured every single Dynamite, every single Rampage. They are, of course, going to be in this Anarchy in the Arena match at Double or Nothing. And then they're going to put them in a match for the ROH World Tag Team Championship belts in a match that I don't really think they should win. Mm. So how does that work? Well, I think we get some interference here from the Elite and the Lucha Bros are going to retain their titles because of that. And I don't think the Blackpool Combat Club needs mm-hmm. titles on them, especially the ROH belts. And Claudio, isn't he still the ROH yep. world champion? So I don't think it makes a ton of sense right now. Keep those belts on the Lucha Brothers for whatever ROH has planned for that promotion in the future. And the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club are just going to ramp up their feud even more, if that's even possible, <laughs> by the Elite inter- intervening here. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, when I Because the match originally was... Claudio versus Ray. If Ray won, he would get a world title match against Claudio. If Claudio won, it was a tag team match with a partner of his choice. Of course, Claudio won. I I also think the elite are going to get involved, whether it's uh, just the Young Bucks or maybe Kenny, Hangman, and the Young Bucks. Uh, I don't see 
this being a clean finish at all, although I am very excited for this match because strong boy Claudio throwing around the Lucha Bros <laughs> always seems like a good time. Uh, but yeah, I do have the Lucha Bros retaining their ROH World Tag Team Championships, especially since they just won it, and this is like essentially a one-week feud. Why would they lose it? But hey, that's just me. Moving on, we got the greatest trios champions facing off against Blake Christian, AR Fox, and Metalik. I think is that's his only name, Metalik, um, in a AEW World Trios Championship open house rules match. Who you got walking out of Dynamite, the AEW World Trios Champions? Yeah, I mean, this is a no-brainer. It's probably <laughs> going to be a squash match. It's probably going to, you know be about five or so minutes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even less than that. I don't really know who Blake Christian or Metalik are. I I do know who AR mm-hmm. Fox is. I actually really enjoy watching AR Fox wrestle, but this is going to be a clear match for the House of Black, and then maybe somebody else comes out afterwards setting up a trio title match for Double or Nothing. Yeah, I, uh, I was also going to ask you, do you have any guesses of what the rule is going to be that uh, Blake Christian, AR Fox, and Metalik are going to use? Because I have a guess. Not really, but I'm intrigued to hear yours. Well, be, being what I know about AR Fox and what I'm guessing with Metalik and Blake Christian, I think a cool rule would be um, only top rope finishes. Like, you can only win the match after a top rope move and then a pinfall. That'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. Especially, that takes away Brody King, but I would love to see Brody King jump off the top rope. <laughs> that'd be a kind of cool finish, not going to lie. Um, but you also took you, – you just keep taking the words right out of my mouth, man. I, uh, I think this is where uh, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn come out and call out House of Black because we saw them win that trios match, what, two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, and they've done nothing since then. So if they're going to have a match at Rampage, which we do have a not confirmed but possible match with the uh, House of Black versus the Acclaimed – why not do it now? Why wait till Rampage and then only have a two-day build? I don't like it. Uh, so I do think they would need to start it now or just not have the match at Double or Nothing. <laughs> yeah, for me, like this is one of those matches that I would be happy if it was added mm-hmm. because they would potentially have that open house rules match type of uh, stipulation on it. Plus, I just think the match would be a banger. Oh, you yeah. have the House of Black and the Acclaimed. I mean, you have literally... The darkest of dark taking on the lightest of yeah. light. So I think those two contrasting figures in the match would create for an entertaining match at Double or Nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get made. Yeah. But I know Tony Khan. I know that he loves those one-week feuds. And and the 11-match shows, 12-match, exactly, 20-match right. shows. Yeah, like if this card <laughs> goes past 1 a.m., I don't think many people are going to be surprised. Yeah. I, I would put... Like ninety percent chance that this match gets out. One hundred percent. I not one hundred percent that it gets, but ninety nine is very valid. Yeah, very valid. Uh, moving on, we have an AEW International Championship match. The first time we've had to say that on a podcast. Of course, it got changed from the All Atlantic to the International Championship. Do you like that change? I'm. I don't care. I really <laughs> don't. This belt means nothing so far. It, it, you don't care. Wow. It's it's it. It was cool when it first got introduced, and then it lost all of its pizzazz because originally we all thought it was going to be all oh, it gets defended in other promotions. Oh, it yeah. can only be held by international stars. And then it stopped getting defended. And then an American holds it and faces other Americans. Well, I think orange Cassidy's run has been really solid. It's been, it's been an orange Cassidy run. Yeah. Like 
I would love to see more storytelling mm-hmm. in his run and more promos in his run. But that's what they've been doing the past yeah. two weeks with I, Kyle Fletcher. I love his uh, – <laughs> he went up to Renee and he just went, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Like I love – the storytelling that they're finally doing with him. It's not just open challenge every single week, every mm-hmm. single show. And he's winning all of those contests. It's actually been a very entertaining run, especially lately with mm-hmm. these stories, with him talking to Renee, sometimes more than once on a given night. That's yeah. what he did on dynamite. He said, you know, Renee was like 20 people showed up to Tony Khan's yep. office. Now we have this blackjack. Like, do you want to be in match. the match? <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, it's been very entertaining. And how about this on Dynamite, we get this match with Kyle Fletcher, and there's a story behind it. I love to hear mm-hmm. it, but, you know, it's one of those matches that I also hate in wrestling where you have a champion booked for a pay-per-view, and then you book that champion against a contender mm-hmm. before that pay-per-view. It's like, okay. We, we know we, who's going to win. We know what's going on here. Yeah. It's going to be a great match, but it's going to be Orange Cassidy that walks out. Yeah, I also – I it is going to be a great match because I – Orange Cassidy – if you are still watching wrestling and still think he is just a lazy wrestler, you're not watching his matches. You really aren't. Because, yeah, he does the silly stuff. But especially during this uh, international championship run, he's been putting on clinics after clinics with the guys like uh, Buddy Matthews. I loved that match against Buddy Matthews. And this match is going to be no different. It's going to be just an absolute clinic of professional wrestling as well as entertainment. Yeah, I completely agree. And to your point, he's not really wrestling that lazy style anymore. He'll start off mm-hmm. with that style, but then it just makes him more entertaining when he takes off mm-hmm. the arm sleeve and goes for the orange, the orange punch or like things like that. When he actually does show intensity, it's like, okay, yeah, different side of OC. Let's go. <laughs> the OG OC. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Lady Frost facing off against Taya Valkyrie before her match with Jade Cargill on Sunday, who do you got walking out of Dynamite as a winner? Yeah, I'll keep this short and sweet here. I don't know who Lady Frost is. Taya Valkyrie, of course, has the title shot. She's going to get pushed here and potentially confront Jade Cargill after the match. Taya Valkyrie is a clear winner. I disagree. I think uh, Lady Frost is going to win because of an interference and uh, by Jade Cargill or her baddies to give Taya a loss and be like, ha ha, you're a loser. You can't beat me. Cause you can't even beat someone like lady frost, you know, just kind of that kind of a storyline going in rather than Taya being on top and being like, I'm the contender. I'm the winner. I'm undefeated. Blah, 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 blah. blah. I think it's a better storyline this way. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it. I just think we're already going to have a lot of like intervention on dynamite, potentially on double or nothing mm-hmm. as well. I think it's fine if they come out, they try and intervene. It doesn't really work. I can see that. Taya still wins, and then they get into a clash. Referees come out, mm-hmm. try and hold them back. That whole deal there to end the match. All right. Well, to finish off Dynamite, we have Adam Cole and Chris Jericho in a contract signing for their match at AEW Double or Nothing. How have you liked this feud so far and some of the ups and downs we've seen? I've loved it. I really have enjoyed Adam Cole and his return. And when you think of Adam Cole and how do you book him Mm -hmm. in a return from those serious injuries, those concussions. Mm -hmm. And if you've been watching AW All Access, which I have because I just eat up all that backstage drama Mm -hmm. and things like that. It's really been fascinating to watch his his, uh, comeback to professional wrestling. And what a better wrestler to book him against for his comeback than the Ocho. Than the champion. Than Chris Jericho. 
and I've just been eating up this storyline, man. And even like when it started, when he came out, and then he got handcuffed to the mm-hmm. ring, and then the outcasts were hitting Britt Baker with that kendo stick. Like that was so graphic. And you even mm-hmm. had Britt Baker call Adam Cole Austin by his real name on Dynamite Television. So I really enjoyed this this feud and this buildup, and I expect this contract signing to be just even more entertainment before the match on Sunday. Yeah, I love me some Adam Cole, baby. And one of the biggest shockers for me was Roderick Strong's debut. I love Roderick Strong. And the the fact that the, the thing that made that debut so special was NXT's contracts are different than WWE's. And Roderick Strong was injured and ran out his contract. Usually a WWE contract, whenever you get injured, it gets paused. NXT isn't. So he ran out his contract, was able to show up on Dynamite, and no one expected it. It was one of the greatest surprises of this year that I didn't expect to happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I'm not as familiar with him as you are Mm -hmm. and other NXT and WWE viewers might be, but I enjoyed his match with Chris Jericho, Falls Town Anywhere. That was great. And then going out of the stadium and Adam Cole intervenes, like, that was great. I I legitimately, at the beginning of that match— when they said are banned from the arena, I went, how much you want to bet they go outside and yeah. someone gets involved? There was kind of an inkling there for me, too. And it almost makes me wonder with this contract signing, like, the JAS are going to be there. Roderick Strong is going to be there. Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle, Ry- Kyle That's O'Reilly. That's where I was getting to, right? Uh. Kyle O'Reilly. Like, maybe he's back from injury. Maybe yeah. he can go out there and I defend Adam Cole. It. Don't think Bobby Fish is going to make he's an appearance. An he's, he's doing his own but, thing. Yeah, I mean, Adam Cole's going to have to get some more backup. And Kyle O'Reilly? Kyle. I okay love Kyle O'Reilly. Even if yeah. he's not at the contract signing, if he makes an appearance at Double or Nothing, I'm going to pop like a little boy. I love Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for him to show up here at Dynamite. But if they want to save that shock factor for Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, I understand. that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. Well, at the moment of this recording, we are recording on Wednesday – there's no matches for Rampage, so the only thing I'll really say for Rampage is maybe we get a House of Black acclaimed thing. Maybe that that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe a TNT title thing, because I don't think they're booked for the Dynamite, so maybe they get booked on Rampage. There's really nothing for Rampage to do at the moment. It's kind of just the filler show in between Dynamite and Double or Nothing. Yeah, it really is, and it's it's been sad to watch rampage i'm still watching i'm still putting mm-hmm. that hour of my week into watching rampage and every now and then it'll showcase a name that i'm like oh mm-hmm. where's he been but man like i don't care about keith lee and dustin Rhodes versus the <laughs> mogul affiliate like i just some of the feuds that they're putting yeah. on that show i just right over my head could do without well we haven't actually talked about this and i didn't even put it in our outline but i want to get your opinion on it how do you feel about aew collision Love that we're getting more AEW content mm-hmm. throughout the week. It's a two-hour show, mm-hmm. and, but it's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's rough. So I never watch wrestling live unless it's a pay-per-view. So like mm-hmm. Double or Nothing on Sunday, I'm going to watch that yep. live. I'm going to buy the pay-per-view, all that. you know. But when it comes to wrestling, like when I used to watch WWE, I would record it, mm-hmm. watch it whenever I can. I don't think – I can't remember the last time I watched a Dynamite or Rampage live. Mm-hmm. Pro- actually, I think I do. It was probably when CM Punk debuted in the company on Rampage. <laughs> that was the one time I was like, okay, yeah. the world is buzzing. I got it. And, of course, in. if you go to the it's shows. Rampage. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been to a few shows, yeah. and I've watched those live. But 
so for the Saturday thing, it's not going to affect me too much mm-hmm. because I'll just watch it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday before yep. Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, but I don't think the show's going to do very well ratings wise because it's on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But I love that it's going to feature different talent. And if you look at the poster, you see Miro on there. Yeah, you that's... see Thunder Rosa on there. I don't care about Thunder Rosa. I know you don't care, <laughs> but I care. Okay, I'm glad um, you care about Thunder Rosa because I don't. I don't. I legitimately during the all access moments that she's on, I skip them because I don't care. Well, I care about just people getting built up in the women's division because yeah. I don't love the Outcast story, but wow. I'm at least. Okay. You're glad there's a story. <laughs> I'm glad there's a story. Great way of putting it, right? But if you incorporate Thunder Rosa back into the mix, and she's talented in the ring, you incorporate her back into the mix, and you have that real-life beef between her and Britt Baker, I think there's a lot you could work with there. Sure. So I, I would love to see that. And then in Collision, yeah. I just think, and Andrade Alidolo, mm, also on the poster. Andrade. Not a big fan of him, but... I'd like to see him a little yeah. bit more, see what he can do with a chance, you know. So, overall, I know this is a very long-winded answer, but I do like that we're getting more television yeah. and a chance for Tony Khan to showcase more stars. Yeah, I mean, I I try and watch Dynamite um, when live. Rampage is really hard for me. It's a Friday night. Mm-hmm. It's same for SmackDown. I don't even watch most SmackDowns live. And Rampage... Sometimes it's at 10 o'clock. Sometimes yeah. it's at 6 o'clock. Sometimes yeah. it's at 7 o'clock. That's you you never really know, especially right really now know. with the playoffs and yeah. everything going on in the and world. And, again, a Saturday night thing, you said it just the way I was going to say it. You know, I'm going to wait probably till Sunday, Monday, to actually watch it. If I do watch it, hopefully I will. I love, like you said, it looks amazing because of the people they have on it. I don't love the logo because it's legitimately just WCW's logo. Um they could have done something better with that. But if they want to pay homage to it, do what you want. I would like it to be different. Uh, but I am excited to see new stars, especially stars that we've been clamoring for, like Miro, like Andrade, to just get some airway, get some time. Uh, the one thing that I hope they do is keep it separate. I really hate people jumping between shows. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, So you kind of want like a brand split. Kind of. I don't want a draft. Like, I'm not I, – I don't really love the draft. I, I like it sometimes. But I don't like when Darby Allen was on Rampage for, like, five weeks in a row and then showed up on a Dynamite. And I was like, oh, Darby's on Dynamite. Cool. Um, I don't like when I'm watching The House of Black and they were on Dynamite for, like, a month's time and then all of a sudden – shifted over to rampage all of a sudden i'm like where's house of black oh they're on rampage i don't watch rampage as often that's why i i don't like that i understand but that's the one thing about aw collision that i don't like mm. because i love that we're gonna see more stars mm-hmm. love that love that we're getting just more aw content because aw in my opinion best in professional wrestling right now mm-hmm. But I do not like the idea of a brand split. I don't like seeing certain stars on one show and other stars on another show. And one of the main reasons for that is because I don't want to see separate titles either. Yeah. I don't love, oh, the AEW Dynamite champion, the AEW Collision champion. And then we're getting into a mess that the WWE is in right now with Roman Reigns. I agree. Like, I don't want to see separate titles because of the brand split. And there's just so many titles already in. Right. 
but like it's probably gonna happen because of the CM Punk rumors. Like he, this first Collision show is supposed to be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's gonna get announced tonight on Dynamite. I mean, it's the world's worst kept secret that it's gonna be in Chicago, and that CM Punk is gonna return to professional wrestling again mm-hmm. in Chicago at his hometown at the first taping of AW Collision. Like that's gonna happen. We know how CM Punk is with the Elite, so it makes sense for. You know, the Elite, they're going to be on Dynamite, mm-hmm. and then you have CM Punk and his crew, they're going to be on Collision. I just, I think it's okay if these stars bounce around. Like, Yeah. If, I, I would say lesser stars should be bouncing around. But yeah, I mean, even, like, if Darby Allen has a match on Dynamite and Collision the same mm-hmm. week, I'm fine with that. Just build Darby Allen a little bit more. Like, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the stars being featured on both shows, but I'm very... Very against like a hard brand split and then yeah, titles for titles for a different. I wouldn't want shows. a hard brand split, um, but I also think brand splits can do a thing where you know, say CM Punk only wrestles on Collision and say Kenny Omega only wrestles on Dynamite. The second those two go face to face, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, oh, we're getting this match." Oh, okay. It br- it brings that kind of coolness to it of once-in-a-lifetime kind of matches because they are separate. Yeah, I mean, I think you could do that with the same effect, even without a brand Mm -hmm. split. Like, just make it very clear that they're not working together and they're not going to be on the same shows for a while without having that very decisive brand split drawing the line, literally. And then you could still make that happen. Yeah. I I just really don't want two separate rosters. That's reasonable. I like – I mean, I understand that. I think it'd be cool if you had – what what I would really like is Dynamite, Rampage are separate, or Rampage, Collision separate, and Rampage is where the crossovers happen. I don't think that would be too bad. I don't hate that idea, just because it gives Rampage a huge boost, mm-hmm. and man, they are in dire yeah. need of any boost that they yeah. can get right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you have like a crossover Who- thing with Rampage, and it's right in the middle of the two shows exactly. airing. Like, I think that'd be a, a pretty cool twist to the show. Do you think more people are watching Rampage or Dark? <laughs> it's got to be Rampage. I mean, Dark is just squash elevation. matches. Or elevation. Uh, I've never watched that in my life. But, no, like, I don't know. Dark, sure, it's good for upcoming talent mm-hmm. that AEW is scouting. But, like, having gone to four shows myself, it's just nice to see Dark because you see some stars that you don't see on Dynamite mm-hmm. or Rampage on the same night that those are taped. So if, you know, for example, I've been to shows in Cleveland, mm-hmm. they had the Lucha Bros on Dark. Mm-hmm. The Lucha Bros weren't on Dynamite or Rampage that night, so I was still able to go to an AEW taping that and cool. see the Lucha Bros compete, even though it was against a hometown nobody team. Sure. I was still able to see them. That is cool. I think that's really the only thing that Dark has going for it. Mm. <laughs> well, Jake, I think it's finally time. We've delegated enough. Yes. We've sidetracked enough. It is time for the double or nothing predictions. But we do have to start with a match that is not confirmed, but like we said, is 99% chance of happening at double or nothing. It is the AEW World Trios Championship House Rules match, the House of Black versus the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn, who you got walking out of double or nothing possibly the AEW World Trios champions. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the House of Black here. I think they're in more need of the titles than mm-hmm. the Acclaimed are. As much I would as I would love to see belts back on the Acclaimed and then even the added bonus of it being the Trios title so Billy Gunn gets the mm-hmm. title as well. 
man, I would just love to see that on my TV. But the House of Black, I just think they need those titles a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They claim they can still have feuds with Billy Gunn involved, with other trios, without the titles attached to them. It's going to be a great match. I'm interested to see what the house rules are for this match at Double or Nothing. But I think it's just got to be the House of Black. And maybe you continue this feud after Double or Nothing. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a way to kind of save the acclaimed after a loss at a pay-per-view like this. Because, again, you have really, really dark versus really, really light. Mm-hmm. And maybe the acclaimed, you know, fall under to the darkness at Double or Nothing. And then they kind of have to fight themselves to fight them in the future. I'd yeah. love to see that kind of storyline built in here, but I think it's going to be the House of Black. Yeah, I don't even know what the house rule would be in this. I would hope it'd be cool. Like, maybe it becomes a ladder match. I don't even know, like, the rules of what they can make a rule. Like, you know what I mean? Only the acclaimed are allowed to scissor in the match. That, I have no idea. <laughs> I, would lo- I, I really hope we don't see Al- uh, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews scissor. That would... <laughs> That would, that would be a be, sight, that would be and a I scene, don't yeah. want to see it. Yeah. Um, but I do think no matter what, the House of Black needs to walk away champions uh, because this is really their first big challenge after the Elite is the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn because otherwise there's not really another trios that they need to dethrone before they can build another one up. Uh, although I would love to see this match go farther, although with Forbidden Door coming up, I'm interested to see who the House of Black could face there because there are so many trios in the world of wrestling and especially in New Japan that I think would put on stellar matches against the House of Black. Yeah, and Forbidden Door, like right around the corner Mm -hmm. too. I know it's not one of AEW's traditional pay-per-views, so it comes around a lot faster than other pay-per-views do for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could see a lot of Forbidden Door storyline setups at Double or Nothing, and that's Mm -hmm. a great point with the trio's titles. Yeah, well, time to get on to some some confirmed matches, Jake. First up, I know you're excited about this one. If the Hardys team wins, Matt Hardy owns Ethan Page's contract. It's Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardy Boys and Isaiah Cassidy. Who do you have walking up? And does Matt Hardy own Ethan Page? I don't care. (laughs) I just don't care. Like... The Hardy compound match on Rampage a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. that was pretty pretty entertaining, but I really thought that was going to be the end of this storyline. And now we're here with this match on Double or Nothing. Hopefully this is just on the buy-in show, so yeah. I don't even have to watch it. <laughs> I think Isaiah Cassidy might be dealing with an injury, so it'll be interesting to see if this match is still on or not. Mm-hmm. But I don't care, man. Like The Hardys are probably going to win because they're getting pushed right now, and the firm is – no pun intended, deleted. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it to the Hardys, but I just could not care less. Yeah, it's something that I thought Tony Khan had fixed in that he always goes one match too far or two matches too far in a feud where this match, this feud should have ended with the Hardy compound, 100%. It had no right being another match, and yet we're getting this match, and if Hardy wins, he owns Ethan Page's contract – which means it's probably going to go even farther. Yeah, I thought we were over that. I thought we were over that type of storytelling. Yeah, I thought we were too. And I just don't care about like other wrestlers 
owning other wrestlers' contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that's not the case. We're smart enough to know that that's not the case. <gasps> Yet we're going to be put they in this don't. situation where they have to act like it on TV for a couple months. You mean Matt Hardy's not going to actually own Ethan Page? No, I don't think that's how that works, Logan. Oh, yeah. Mind blown. Newsflash. Wrestling's, wrestling's real, right? I prefer the term scripted. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, I think the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy are going to win because why have this stipulation if they're going to lose? Yeah. Unless Good the point. feud's over, which I really hope it does. Well, in that case, I mean, it makes sense if Ethan Page and the Guns win because the feud would be over without Ethan Page's contract being mm-hmm. owned by Matt Hardy. So. Yeah, but Jeff has also just returned. Yeah, that's why it makes no sense. Yeah. That's why it makes zero sense yeah. whatsoever. Who do you have winning? I'll give it to the Hardy Boys and Cassidy, but, I mean, literally, I just hope it's on the buy-in and hope it's given no more than 10 minutes. 100%. Well, from a match that makes no sense to one of the best-built matches on this card, we have the unsanctioned match between Adam Cole, baby, and the Ocho, Chris Jericho. It's an interesting one. It's an unsanctioned match, which I think really complicates the storyline here. Because mm-hmm. obviously I think the A side here is Adam Cole, and he would be the guy that they push toward potentially an MJF feud in the future. But with it being an unsanctioned match, it really complicates things. And we're going to know that there's going to be outside interference. Mm. We know the JS are going to get involved. We know that Roderick Strong and potentially Kyle Riley potentially mm-hmm. gets involved as well. Since it's an unsanctioned match, I'm going to give it to Jericho. Interesting. Because it's unsanctioned. Like, Adam Cole lost to Orange Cassidy at Beach Break in Cleveland in an unsanctioned match. And Adam Cole still went on to feud with Hangman Adam Page for the AEW title. So, it's not like if Adam Cole loses in Mm -hmm. an unsanctioned match that that completely depletes his momentum in the company. Like, Mm -hmm. if he loses this match, loses it because of the JAS, we're just too overwhelming it's fine, and then I think we could still build to Adam Cole versus MJF potentially at all in. We'll see. So I have two reasons why Adam Cole needs to win this match. Uh, reason number one is it's his first big match back. It's his first pay-per-view match back. And I also think uh, not only Roderick Strong and Kyle get involved, but maybe we get Britt Baker coming in and hitting on Jericho. I think that, that would be – That'd be very smart because she's not booked anywhere no, else. No, she's not. So she has that open segment to where she can come out with a kendo stick and just lay in to Chris Jericho. I would love Handcuff to see that. Handcuff him on the ropes yeah. too. Oh, man, I would just I would love that story. The time. doctor going in and just wham, wham, wham with the kendo stick. I think that would be amazing. Reason number two, uh, you got to think what's coming up. The Owen Hart tournament. Adam won that last year, and I'm pretty sure – there's something in there where Adam faces the winner or Adam has to be in the tournament or there's something like that. So I think he needs a little bit of credibility going into that. I may be completely wrong. This is just off of my potential knowledge of what the tournament was set up to be because he's currently the champion of it, I think, or like I don't know what they call that. but Right. I'm not sure what they're going to do because Britt Baker and, and Adam Cole won it last mm-hmm. year, and I'm not sure if that – transfers to this year if it's just okay you got the trophy move on yeah new people this time i mean we'll see how it goes i just don't think i honestly don't like that it's an unsanctioned match Mm. like i would have preferred this just to be a match well i think have some interference and we go from there i think this is how chris jericho gets to go you never beat me it's not on the record we never fought each other but then are we just 
extending this feud, and it's been so good, but to your point just a few minutes ago, well, saying that Tony Khan books feuds to go one match too long or two matches too long, is that what we're doing here if this feud gets extended past Double or Nothing? And if Britt Baker gets involved, I can see Chris Jericho being like, you had to have yeah. your woman come in here and beat me. I don't, so, I don't, I don't think know. so, because if, if Kyle does come back, you could then have a trios match with Roderick Strong, Kyle, Adam Cole against Jericho and the JAS. Have the JAS lose there, and then Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle Riley face off against House of Black. How good would that match be? Yeah, I mean, that'd be a great way of building up the trio's titles. I just think Chris Jericho gets it because of the unsanctioned Sure, match I mean, that makes sense. I, I, I understand it. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be wrong, Jake. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope I am. I just... Like I said, I just wish it wasn't an unsanctioned match, and, I, and if it wasn't, I would feel differently. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. Um, up next, we have the 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal for the International Championship. The only people confirmed so far are QT Marshall, Powerhouse Hobbs, Aaron Solo, and, of course, the champion Orange Cassidy or Kyle Fletcher, depending on who wins. Right. <laughs> I mean, excuse us for not knowing the rules because AEW really hasn't done anything to tell yeah, us what the rules are. Is this the are. same as a casino battle royal? Or? Yeah, that's what we were talking about before, and I feel like it makes sense if it is. But mm-hmm. if it is, then why not call it the casino battle royale where exactly. the suits come out and then there's that Joker wild card at the end? I don't know. Like, would the Joker be Orange Cassidy at the end? But then that kind of be like a dud. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Regardless of how this goes down. It's got to be Orange Cassidy retaining, right? Like, I'm not going to just pick a star off the AEW roster and be like, yep, that's going to be your your AEW international wrong. champion at the end of the day. Like, Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong, Jake. What? Not right. Because you know why? A man walked into Tony Khan's office. Ooh, Miro. Miro. Because mm. remember what, what uh, Renee said. Men have been lining up for that title. Lining up in Tony's office. We saw Miro go in. And who better... To take the title off of Orange Cassidy and then go to Collision, Miro, because he was on the poster, Miro's the champion of Collision because he has that international title. I like it. I just don't know if you need to put a a title on Miro the first time he comes back. I think it'd be cool. I I, I don't hate it. Like, if it happens, I'll still be, you know, pumped up for Miro and that he's a champ and whatnot. I don't know. I I just think you can naturally build up Miro in a way that sure. makes sense for a title shot rather than him being involved in this battle royale and him winning it. But I think if you see Miro in this match, which is very possible, he's probably going to win. Yeah. So I mean, point. I was looking at the rosters and there's really no one else that I could see without a build. But Miro, I can see coming in no build, dominating, taking that title, which I believe the last time we saw him was for this title in that four-way at Forbidden Door when it was uh, Malachi Black, him, um, Pac, and the one dude from New Japan. Mm. I might be mistaken, but I believe it was that. What better way than to bring him back? I mean, I enjoyed his run as TNT champ. I did too. So, I don't know. Like, I think it's either Orange Cassidy or Miro. So I think we covered both bases. Nice. And let's go. <laughs> I could. I honestly could see you being right on that one. All right. Well, let's just move on then to your favorite championship. Oh, it's the best one in man. all of AEW, the TBS Championship. Jade Cargill, who just hit 500 days as champion, coming for Roman Reigns' time <laughs> against Taya Valkyrie, 
who you got walking out TBS champion? So how many times have I on these podcasts <laughs> with you, Logan, just bashed the TBS championship and what they've done with it? Well, how many times have we done a podcast? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like every single time I just talk about the most negative things about this TBS title. Not because I don't like Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. I actually really I like, enjoy I like Jade Cargill. I actually too. really enjoy Jade Cargill. And I was one of the kind of early adopters of her. A lot of people were still mm-hmm. giving her a bunch of hate on social media saying that she can't wrestle. And I was kind of like, yeah, she's kind of a really good wrestler and really passionate out there. And I just enjoyed her character. And finally, we get a few. Mm-hmm. Finally. We are here. Tony Khan finally does what's right for the TBS there, title and no Jake, hate out of me today. Jake, there are two women's feuds. Two. Well, I actually don't like the other one. I'll but get there to are that two later. feuds. Uh, I don't think two. the other one is really a feud. It's two feuds. Yes, There's we are getting two. more feuds in women's wrestling, but I don't think the other one is as much of a feud as other people think it is. And I'll get into that later when we talk about <laughs> that match. But this one, TBS Championship, finally, we have something of substance here for a TBS title defense on a pay-per-view. And because it's the first one and probably the title's existence, I think it's going to change hands. Wow. I think it might go to Taya Valkyrie and what a scene that would be. And even if Jade Cargill wins it, that just elevates her even more. I think it's really a coin flip. I'm going to give it to Taya Valkyrie, but man, I am actually excited for a TBS championship match in the first time in a very long time. And you have that extra storytelling for the match because they have the same finisher. Yep. And that is great as well. I expect one, if not both of these women to kick out of that finisher, mm-hmm. man, chef's kiss storytelling. I cannot wait for a TBS title match. I can't believe I'm saying wow. that. And wow. yeah, I guess it's going to change hands. That's my prediction. Listen, Jade Cargill's current record is 59 and 0. Makes even more sense if to get it off. If she wins, that's 60 and 0. Well, I think that's kind of why they did that. I think it was Rampage, the open challenge last Friday where Jade Cargill mm-hmm. fought like three people and won them all. She stopped at 59 and 0 because Taya came out and interrupted the whole sh- the whole thing. I, so, I think this is the perfect yeah, I opportunity. Is, and I we've said it all the time, this is the time to take it off Jade Cargill. But really, if she doesn't lose here, who defeats her? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And they brought somebody outside of AW to come in in Ty Valkyrie. Who people who like. people like, and she's been great on TV so far. Give her the title. That'd be great. And this entire time through Jade Cargill's run, I could see her being a legit contender yeah. for the AEW yes, Women's Championship. She is probably So it doesn't really put her down at all. She can just go for the title that's more acclaimed in AEW. Besides, no, no, honestly, because... Yeah, because every other women's wrestler who I would put above Jade Cargill right now on the roster came from somewhere else, whether that be Ring of Honor, WWE, somewhere else. Jade Cargill's probably the purest homegrown female star they have. Yeah, I mean, Britt Baker. But Britt also wrestled before AEW. Yeah, in terms of, like, taking a rough draft yeah. and making it a polished essay, yeah, definitely what they've done with Jade Cargill. A polished. That is a scholarly, yeah. like, Nobel Prize winning article yeah. from nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a great point. That is a huge jump in quality, both with character and in-ring uh, ability. But I think it's time for her to move away from that title. I think so, I too. 
Man, we're green a lot today, Jake. I don't yeah. like it. Feels weird. Yeah, feels, feels strange. <laughs> Moving on, we got a ladder match for the TNT Ooh. Championship with Wardlow facing off against not Luchasaurus, but Christian Cage. How do you feel about that swerve? I love it. Yeah. I eat up Christian Cage, man. And a lot of people don't like him because he's an old WWE mm. head and they think other people should be getting the TV time. And I understand that. But, I mean, do you know a guy that's more hated than Christian Cage? I mean, if Dominic and, Mysterio. Well, I don't watch. <laughs> yeah. So. Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> he's the most hated man on the planet. I don't know, man. Like, he just talks on the mic. And the crowd does not let him talk. Yep. But he talks anyways. Yep. And I love Christian Cage and what he's done. And now that Luchasaurus is back with him too, I love this, man. I really have been enjoying it. And I think Christian Cage is going to win on what? Sunday, man. You're crazy. I might be. I might be. But I don't – this is what I'll say. I don't love Arn Anderson with Wardlow, mm-hmm. but I'm not opposed to it yet. Me neither. And – I think Wardlow deserves better because he had a great, well, not a really a great first run because he didn't really defend it all that often. Then he was with FTR and mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, and then, uh, and then we saw that one. <laughs> exactly. We saw how that all went down, but then he won it for a week. And then lost. And then lost again. Like, and then won it again. He deserves more. Yeah. 100% deserves more. But I think Christian Cage is him right now. Wow. Like, he's that guy, and... He would say no to Christian Cage with the TNT title going out there on the week after on Dynamite and with that crowd, man. I'd love it. I just – everything that you said backs up my answer of Wardlow winning because he deserves more. It's a good point. Because if he loses, he is the ultimate transitional champion in AEW then. Yeah, and where does he go from there with this new Arn Anderson relationship that he built? He'll, he'll probably win the TNT no. title for a week and then lose it again. Yeah. Like, I just want him to be booked better because he's so talented, both in the ring and his character work is getting better. His promos are – I didn't love his promo where he just yeah. yelled for Christian to spit in his face, but <laughs> – yeah, I didn't love that either. I think he needs to show off more of that acrobatic ability that he has in his arsenal in the ring, too, because that really gets mm-hmm. the crowd popping. And we only really see it when he faces a big guy, but he could do it against a smaller yeah, guy. Yeah, I think he just needs to bring it out, make it part of his skill set, yeah. and that just makes him even more of a great wrestler. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. He does need a better build. But, like, if we're talking about outside interference in a ladder match that we're going to get at Double or Nothing – are you going to take Arn Anderson or are you going to take Luchasaurus? Like, that, I mean, I think if that, Arn Anderson brings out his tools, I'm <laughs> – I mean, Luchasaurus, I would still give him the edge. And then you Might have that. Might be hunting season, like, Jake. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would. St- I think that point backs up me a little bit. But then I completely agree with everything that you said and that I said that Wardlow does deserve better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I just have an inkling that it's going to go to Christian Cage. I really hope your inkling's wrong. I really do. I Maybe. hope it's not. <laughs> Moving right along, we have AEW Tag Team Championships up for grabs with FTR facing Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with Sanjay Dute and Samir. Sanjay San- Dute. <laughs> with Mark Briscoe as a special guest referee. I know you're loving this story. So I'll say this because <laughs> I think the last time we recorded an AEW podcast, 
I said the words of something about sticking a foot inside the mouth of Sanjay Duke. Something like that. And yes, I'm going to call him Sanjay Duke because Tony Schiavone <laughs> made that mistake on air, and I think that's the most hysterical thing that Tony Schiavone has done. So I'm going to call him Sanjay Duke. I'm sorry, Sanjay Duke. I'm sorry, okay? Because I've seen you on AEW All Access. I didn't really know what role he had in AEW. Mm. He's a lot more involved in the company than I initially expected, but he is just a menace on television, <laughs> and I really can't stand him. But with this feud, like, I'm actually kind of enjoying the Mark Briscoe aspect of it. Yeah. And they've made the storytelling actually compelling, which is extremely hard to do when you have guys like Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and Sanjay Dute involved. But it's going to – FTR is going to win. My, like, that, I think that's pretty obvious. My favorite thing about this feud is they've been able to push it along without fighting each other. I love feuds where we're not seeing – the competitors fighting each other keep them apart and then you get that big blow-off match like i'm i'm really excited for the main event but how many times have we seen these guys wrestle a combination of each other in the last month all see i disagree with you on that point at least but i get what you're saying with this ftr jay lethal and jeff i like i like the storytelling and keeping them apart to then finally come at each other you know they can have attacks every once in a while but I, I don't like when we get, like, uh, Ray Phoenix versus Claudio, and then weeks later, Claudio and Wheeler versus Ray Phoenix and Pensa. Mm-hmm. And then maybe next week we'll get Pensa and Wheeler Yuta. You know what I mean? Like, I just – I like variety and spacing in my competitors. But, yeah. yes, I do That's agree. That's point. I do agree. FTR has to win these titles. One, because I don't want Jeff Jarrett on my TV screen – and two, because it's seven-star FTR. Yeah. And they have to get ready for Collision to join CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You are unfortunately not wrong. And then, of course, like FTR against anybody out there for Forbidden Door. Oh, I mean, come on. That's a slam dunk as well. But what about Jeff Jarrett against anybody? Oh, <laughs> uh, I would never forgive Tony Khan for uh, that. Yeah? Yeah, never. Is that a promise? No. Okay. I was about to say, (laughs) if Jeff Jarrett is the straw to break your your back, I mean, that's... Then later in the night, they put the belt on Sammy Guevara, and I'm a happy man again, you know? I'd like to end the podcast right now. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to hit record again so that way we can restart so you never say that. Uh, All right, we're starting now. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, both FTR. I do like Mark Briscoe, and I like that they're keeping him in AEW for a little yeah. bit before moving him back over to Ring of Honor. And we'll get some interesting spots for sure with him being the guest referee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be good. It'll be an entertaining match. I'm not sure if it'll entertaining. be entertaining. Yeah, I'm not sure if it'll be good, but it'll be entertaining. Entertaining. Yes. <laughs> well, onto a match that I'm hoping is really good. AEW Women's Championship, Jamie Hayter facing off against Tony Storm. How you feeling? Not feeling all that great about this match actually. Like it's going to be a great in-ring mm-hmm. wrestling match. But there, the heat between Hater and Storm really isn't there. Yeah. The heat between the outcasts and the group of Jamie Hater is certainly there. Yes. And I think you could have done a match like that without the title on the line at Double or Nothing. And then just randomly on AWTV, they announced this match. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, so we're doing Tony Storm versus Jamie Hater. That's new. Mm-hmm. I don't really get it. And, like, I know this feud has some history, but at least right now, I feel like Britt Baker versus Soraya is still a huge story. Yep. 
and pretty much anybody there with Hikaru Shida mm-hmm. coming back. That was huge. That was huge. When she hugged Soraya yep. and then turned on and then them. turned. Loved yep. that. Make a trios match in the women's division for Double or Nothing. Not this. Yeah. It's going to be fun wrestling. I just don't get the match. I feel like they're holding off on that to do a bigger match. Like, maybe a four-women, uh, eight-women match. Excuse me, four on each side. Then you have to add somebody to each side of the feud. That's the problem. I don't know who they would add to the Outcast, but Thunder Rosa maybe on the She has a team with Britt Baker. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's I think that'd work. be kind of cool. Because Hikaru Shida has to team with Britt Baker right now. And that's that's an interesting little history. Yeah, but I guess they kind of like buried the hatchet on that one. It was so long ago. But like, there's some real-life tension between Britt Baker and and Thunder Rose. I love Hey, we I mean we saw Sammy and Eddie go through their tension and get past it. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just I think I they're building get to something. Hater storm here. Yeah, I think they're building to something and they don't want the big tag team match yet. Yeah, and to your point, if they're not doing that yet, then it's going to be Jamie Hater defending yeah. and winning. Yeah. You know. It, it has to that. be. Uh although I would love for Tony Storm to win and finally get that recognition as an actual champion. Mhm. I do think Jamie Hayter walks away champion. Yeah, I think Tony Storm kind of got that recognition when the interim was taken off her title reign, but I don't know. I, I'm cool with keeping on Hayter for now and then really just seeing this storyline develop even more between the outcasts and mm-hmm. the group that is Hayter, Baker, and Cheetah. All right. On to a very exciting match. Anarchy in the arena. The elite. The, the elite <laughs> hangman, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega facing off against Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. Who do you have winning, and do you think they're going to play Wild Thing the entire time? I hope not. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. This match will be ruined if they play, if they play Wild Thing the whole time, man. I am so against it. <laughs> Are you against it? As- I, I thought it was hilarious oh. when they did it the first time. That's the thing. So many AEW fans loved it. And I'm sitting over here like, w- music plays, music stops, match starts. That's the order of professional wrestling matches. In that match, music played, music played, music played, and it kept on going. And I was like, okay, it didn't feel like the match actually Wild started. Thing. I, yeah, I love the song, but it gets repetitive when it's played for 20 minutes during a so match. Long. Like, and no, because the speaker blew out or somebody somebody attacked the speaker. Yeah. And, then, and then I was like, okay, we're underway. I don't know, man. Just hopefully that's not played. And I am kind of excited for this match, but I am a little disappointed. Interesting. Tell me why. Because what I wanted was, can you take a guess what I actually Blood wanted? Blood and guts. Blood and guts. Not yet. Not yet. Well, okay, then that makes me excited. Not yet. But what I wanted was Blood and Guts. I understand. That's what I wanted. I get it, but not yet. You know why? Because Blood and Guts is a five-man team. Yeah, and that's one thing I was kind of confused by because you see um, – what's his name? Kanoshke Te- mm-hmm. uh, Takeshita. Mm-hmm. Him kind of joined the elite, and then he's kind of been written off. I don't know what a you know fifth what, man that you would know join what Black Bull Combat. Takeshita's the one to join Blackpool Combat because who was talking to K- Takeshita 
but Mr. Don Callis. Mm-hmm. Now that Don's not with uh, Mr. Kenny Omega anymore, maybe uh, Takeshita goes over to Blackpool Combat Club because we also know he has history with one Brian Danielson. And you know who joins the elite? One Kota yep. Ibushi. One half of the Golden Lovers, the tag team, with Kenny Omega. So we get the Golden Elite facing off against the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that would be phenomenal, especially if they want to do that at Forbidden Door because Kodo is such a huge Japanese wrestler. And you get Takeshita, another Japanese wrestler. I think that's how you, I think yeah. that's where they're going with it if they're smart. Blood and Guts at Forbidden Door would be spicy. Yeah. And I would love to see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't hate this that it, like if Anarchy in the arena was a build mm-hmm. to Blood and Guts with because that's what it was and... with um, JAS versus yeah. uh, that was Blackpool Combat Club right? Because um, it also yes. had Eddie Kingston in it yes. and it was weird. Yes, it was. Um, um, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't. I don't know. I like Wheelie Yuta. He's a cinnamon lover guy who runs around the ring like I've never seen it before. I, I really like Takeshita. I don't think he fits as a heel, but then again, if he doesn't have to, if he doesn't have to talk very yeah. much, then we, he could work in the. We DC. haven't seen him as a heel yet. I know, but he's just too. He's like Willow Nightingale, dude. I don't bring her up. She's I not would. on the card. Don't bring her up. I love. Willow I hate Nightingale. Willow Nightingale. I will love Willow Nightingale. Um, she's just like a precious soul on it. Why are we talking about Willow Nightingale in the Anarchy in the Arena match? You see her go up to Britt Baker and ask her about her tooth on AWL I don't Access. Care about. Willow Nightingale. <laughs> Willow Nightingale is great, first and foremost. But, like, for the men's roster comparison, I'm like, Kanosuke Takeshita. He's just a lovely soul. I don't want to see him join the Blackpool Combat Club. But if he does, I think they could make it work. And you do have that tie-in with Don Callis, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, it, it could happen. It's going to happen, Jake. It's going to happen. It's like putting Willow Nightingale in the Outcast. Why are we still talking about Willow Nightingale? Because I like talking about it, man. It's awesome. I'm so sick. I'm going to have to make a reel about this, you understand? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to look up pictures of Willow and put her onto my... Hey, last body made a Willow reel. I know, and I didn't like it. (laughs) Okay, on to our main event. I don't think we predicted it. Huh? I don't think we predicted it. Oh, no, we didn't. I had the Elite winning. I have Blackpool Combat Club. Wow. Wow. Okay, Jake, why do you have Blackpool Combat Club winning? I thought this was a clear-cut match. Really? Yeah. It's anarchy in the arena, that's why. Like, you're going to promote the Blackpool Combat Club as this group with just total violence and anarchy? Like, they should win this match. Yeah, but they lost last year. Why don't they lose this year? Yeah, and I didn't like that they lost last year because it was anarchy in the arena. And didn't they tap out Brian Danielson in that match? Uh, I passed out passed out so like i hated that ending and i think it's really easy to put a pinfall or submission on one of the young bucks that's true like i think that's but the same could be said for bcc with wheeler Wheeler, yuda i don't know i I just think it's anarchy in their arena that totally fits blackpool combat club like blackpool combat club forged in combat all that Mm -hmm. that they have going on their identity is an anarchy in the arena match you can't book them to lose an anarchy in the arena match again for a second time. I just think that with, especially with how the elite came out after getting destroyed backstage and they were all like, all right, we're going to war. And they got the broomstick with the barbed wire. Kenny had the trash can shield. 
Well, that was great. He was like Captain America. Dude, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew. I knew for a fact you would love that. I was watching it when Jake's is loving this. Yeah, right dude. Now. As a Marvel fan, I was like, oh, look at him wield the shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I was like, I was all for it, man. Kenny Omega for Captain America. He should have said Elite Assemble and then run down the ramp. I'm like, so glad you're not. That's something Tony Khan would book, too. That's what makes that's me upset. That's something Kenny Omega would do. <laughs> Okay, Tony Khan wouldn't even have to tell him. Oh, the elite assemble. To- oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh man, I I I hate that. The elite assemble. Fellow Marvel fans and wrestling fans, I am also to this, a Marvel fan it. and wrestling fan, and I hate that. Why? Because <laughs> it's so dumb. It's pretty corny. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's pretty corny, but you could have like the end game music play. <laughs> the elite assemble. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. We got the four pillars fatal four-way for the AEW World Championship. How many times can I say four during that? Mm. MJF versus Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Which pillar is left standing? MJF. It's pretty clear that it's going to be MJF. But my goodness, have I loved this feud, this build up to this fatal four-way between the four pillars at double or nothing because initially they kind of messed it up saying mm-hmm. that it was going to be against Sammy Guevara then they did that tag match and mm-hmm. now you have Sammy Guevara kind of coming across to the good side dapping up a, Darby Allen saying as a, long as that Weasel doesn't win in MJF like he cut a face promo he a face promo I know you give me hate for loving Sammy Guevara but Sammy Guevara is great Especially right now, in ring, he's always going to be great. You can't dispute that. But recently on the mic, dude, give me Sammy Guevara all day. And I think I would say the opposite for the other two young pillars in this match, in Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. I'm like, not a big fan when they touch the mic. I, I do not like when Jack Perry touches it. I'm okay when Darby touches it because sometimes it's, it's very inconsistent. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, I, the other problem is Darby as a character shouldn't talk too much. So I'm assuming he hasn't had a lot of practice with it. That's fair. But jungle boy is supposed to be the white meat bay face. You're supposed to know how to talk. Yeah. Especially after being managed by Christian cage, one of the best talkers in AEW right now, I'm expecting a little more out of you, but no, no, you're completely correct. No one's touching MJF and Sammy on the mic recently. They have been killers. I just... Everybody knows that MJF is going to win. That's mm-hmm. a given. But I am just here for the in-ring storytelling that we're going to get. Because this match is going to be long. It's going to be There's long. There's going to be so many close pinfalls between different parts of the pillars. And MJF on the outside losing his title to two other people who are in a pinfall situation in the ring. And mm-hmm. that storytelling. And, dude, I am so, so here for all the little storytelling pieces and parts that are going to be told at double or nothing in this four pillars fatal four way match. One of my least favorite things, of, one, okay, one of my favorite things about a four way match is that it's nonstop action. It is, there's no like rest spots. You know what I mean? No. Like rest holds or any like slow moments. The only thing I hate about fatal four way matches is they're usually short. I don't see this being short, and I also don't see there being any rest matches. It is going to legitimately be you know, 20, 30, maybe even 40 minutes of just straight action, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. It really is, and you look at what MJF has done in the ring lately, 
on pay-per-views just with the storytelling mm-hmm. with the, just the great wrestling in the match itself like I am expecting nothing less here and yet I still think they're going to overdeliver for my expectations mm-hmm. that are already incredibly high I'm here for it it's going to be a great end to double or nothing but of course predictions wise give us MJF yes MJF day. I have a question for you Jake that I did not uh prep before this is MJF the greatest AEW champion right now in the history in the history of AEW yes. champions or does he still have a ways to go I think he still has a little bit more to prove okay just a little bit okay I'd say right now I'm pretty confident that to I at least personally mm-hmm. that I enjoyed two other title reigns more than his okay those being Chris Jericho okay. at the very start of AEW Okay. Just because I think, but I think that title reign has a little bit of a cloud over it yes. because it was the birth of AEW yes. and it was so exciting that AEW was here that it might have just boosted that title reign for him even more. Mm-hmm. But even him with like the new AEW title and his hot Le tub champion. and his hot tub, a little like, bit of the bubbly. <laughs> like I loved all of that. So I think I put Chris Jericho ahead of him a little bit, and then I also loved Kenny Omega as the cleaner. Oh yeah, Kenny Omega, that was great. So. I have I have MJF just behind Kenny. Okay. I need I need MJF to hold it a little bit longer and keep having these matches. Honestly, though, it's he's not that far behind Kenny. He's yeah, and I think close. eventually, like, talk to us in a couple months, closer to when his contract expires, because we know MJF is going to hold that title right up. I said the, it. I've been saying it yeah. this entire time. Yeah, he's holding it till twenty twenty four. Right. So it, by that time, when he still is holding this title. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna be he's it's, gonna be the best, especially if everything has been as consistent as it has been. There's no touching MJF. In no disrespect to Hangman Page either. I mean, his reign was great. Yeah, it was but good. It's just credit to AW. They know how to book AW champions, and they know how to book them mm-hmm. incredibly well. And also, no disrespect to like John Moxley. His reigns were oh, amazing. Oh man, I even forgot about John Moxley. That's know? just how good the other ones yeah. are. John Moxley held it three times, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Moxley's great too. Ah, uh, man, I think the only the worst one, CM Punk, for sure. I think that's pretty yeah, that, that's decisive. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's just something special about that Chris Jericho one for me. That's reasonable with it being the birth of AW. That special for me. It always mm-hmm. will be. Kenny Omega as a cleaner, and then I'll put that's, MJF. At three. I also have a little cloud over Darby's run. Because I was such a big Darby, uh, the TNT title run, okay. not the AW. Obviously, Darby didn't win that. Um, but I always put Darby's title run above others because I was such a huge Darby fan, and he's really when I started watching AW religiously mm-hmm. when he had the title. Because uh, I would watch every once in a while before that, but when he got the title, I was like, oh, that's my guy. I'm watching now. Yeah, so and that's gonna a make little... fun of me too. But Sammy Guevara as the TNT champion, like the early right. days. <laughs> Subtract the Scorpio Sky feuds. <laughs> like the early days, yeah. him and Cody in that yeah, ladder that match, match in Cleveland. Like It was your Sammy, match of the year. Yeah, Sammy Guevara had some good matches and some good promos in a reign with the TNT title that I think shocks a lot of people and maybe gets forgotten in the mix. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that get forgotten. Yeah. But Jake, we're not done. No, we are not. Just because that was the main event doesn't mean we're done. What have you got for us? Yeah, we've been talking for a while, so we'll run through these and we'll get you through them, but DraftKings. Ooh. And I'll say this, you know, we're this is a free pool, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're betting any money. But if we were, you know, we're just doing it for fun. We're not encouraging anybody to follow our bets. 
Uh, don't get misguided by nope. us and our betting lack of expertise. Yes. Just thought this would be a fun little addition it's to nice little the Double or Nothing Predictions podcast. And what a way so, to end you off. Yeah, and DraftKings, they are running this free $25,000 Double or Nothing pool. You can find it on DraftKings right now. Um, not a sponsor of the show. Nope. Wish they were. They That'd are be amazing. Yeah, right. They are a sponsor of AW though, so I'm sure you'll hear about it yep. tonight on Dynamite or whenever you're listening to this podcast. But they have, I believe, nine questions about the main event in here that you can answer and compete in and try and win some money. So let's ask these questions here to the podcast, and I'll take the hosting reins on this one and ask them take to them you. Over. And I'll I'll provide my answer as well. So we get it started with which participant will be introduced first? Who makes the walk to the ring first in the main event? Ooh, I think Jungle Boy. Mm. You get a big oh, 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 pop first, then Sammy, because he's probably going to be a heel, although he's playing face, then Darby for another big face pop, and then MJF. So yeah. Jungle Boy first. I think Sammy Guevara comes out with like a very serious demeanor. That's that's He's cool. not going to be happy. He's going to be zoned yep. in because we know how much he wants the title we've point. seen it on all access we've seen it on dynamite but i agree with you i think jungle boy is going to come out first for the same exact reason i think to get the crowd oh, pumped up for this fatal boy match between the pillars you started off oh, with that exact chant yeah i completely agree <laughs> the obviously the uh wrong answer is mjf yes he's that. gonna come out last but i think jungle boy is the first pillar that comes out so i do agree with you there next question another question about the entrances Will Sting accompany Darby Allen no. during his entrance? Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. And if he does, it is legitimately just walking him out and then walking right back, like, up to the stage, and then, like, you got this kid, and then out. Yeah. I don't even love that. we haven't seen – we've seen Sting, like, once or twice during this whole thing, and I like that. I like Darby being on his own. Yeah, I do, too. And I don't even think Sting needs that you got this kid and then walks yeah. back moment. He doesn't. This is this match is about the four pillars of AEW. Sting is not one of them. Mm-hmm. He should not accompany Darby Allen to the ring. And I agree with you on that one as well. No, he will not accompany him to the ring during his entrance. Next one. How long will the match be from bell to bell? Over or under 22 minutes? Over. To give me the over. Yeah. I completely agree with you there as well. A lot of agreements on this. I know. Pool so far, hey. it does get much harder. Though. Hey, what can I say? I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. (laughs) (laughs) It does get much harder, though. These next few are not easy. Who's going to make the first pinfall attempt? See, this one to me is like, all right, I mean, every single guy has a 25% chance. Yeah. Who's going to make the first pinfall attempt in the main event at Double or Nothing? I'm going to say Sammy's going to make the first attempt. I see him and MJF, uh, like, throwing out Darby and Jungle Boy and Sammy being like, Hey, buddy, we're friends, and then quick roll-up real quick. Something like that. So I also predict a roll-up. Oh. But I, whenever I think of roll-ups in AEW, I think of, like, those very intricate bam, exchanges. bam, 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 Yeah. And when I think of that, I think of a certain archetype of wrestler, mm-hmm. kind of like a Sammy Guevara in a way, but I'm thinking Darby Allen and Jungle Boy okay. Jack Perry. And I'm leaning one of those Darby Allen quick yeah. roll-up pins, and I'm going to go with Darby Allen here as the first pinfall attempt. Okay, first disagreement. It's okay. Yeah. What will be performed first, a submission hold or a pinfall attempt? We have some submissions at play here. MJF and Jungle Boy, known for some submission moves. Do we see one of those or do we see a pinfall first? I see a pinfall first. I see a sneaky roll-up or uh, just a clear-cut pinfall. I don't see submissions coming into effect until 
you know, 25% along in the match at yeah. minimum. Yeah, I see a pinfall as well. And, of course, we're probably going to get Jungle Boy in his submission mm-hmm. with everybody on the outside. Maybe it's on MJF, too, and MJF is screaming and everybody in the crowd is going crazy. I'd put money that that was going to happen, yeah. but I do see a pinfall happening before a submission hold. This one is also a very difficult one. Who's going to perform a move off the top rope first? Ooh. So, I don't see MJF doing it first. I don't really see Jungle Boy doing it first. That leaves me Darby and Sammy, and that's like a coin flip, man. That's honestly a coin flip. Do we count springboards, or does it have to be corner top rope? I I think it has to be corner top rope. Okay, because if it was springboard, I would say Sammy. But I'm going to say Darby for top rope, I think. So... This is not one of the questions in the DraftKings pool. Okay. But just say a name. I don't need any more than that. Who's going to be the biggest star in the match? Not the winner, because we know the winner is going to be MJF. Who's going to be the biggest star? I think the star-making performance out of this match is Sammy Guevara. I 100% agree with you. And that's kind of why I think he's going to make the first move off the top rope. I think he is going to have the best match of his life. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for it. Yeah, As I, a Sammy Guevara fan, I can't wait, and that's why I'm kind of going with him for this one. I honestly think both AEW and the fans are ready for a Sammy run, a yeah. big Sammy run, whether that's finally getting away from the JS. I'm so sick of Sammy in that because it's holding him down. It really is. And he hasn't been in it this entire feud. That's what it's I'm saying. Yeah. He has been on his own, and it's been his best work so far, has been him on his own. So I think this match, unless something weird happens or unless they want to go somewhere else, like AEW wants to push Darby or Jungle Boy, which I wouldn't be opposed to, this is Sammy's match. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that end. You mentioned the JAS. Maybe they are in consideration with this next question on the DraftKings poll. Will any non-participant interfere during the match? Hmm. No. No, this is a four pillars match, and it is really going to showcase how far AEW has come just in its talent that it is built. No Sting, no JAS. MJF doesn't really have anyone anymore, and neither does Jungle Boy. So, no, no one gets involved. Yeah, I agree with you. I said it with Sting accompanying Darby Allen to the ring. This match is about the pillars. Let's leave it at that. No non participant interferes in this mm-hmm. match. I agree with you there. Who will win? MJF. 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 Last one for the DraftKings poll. When the match concludes, will a non-participant of the match confront the champion? No. I agree. I don't think so. I agree. So, I was very hard, like, no. But you were talking about Forbidden Door, and maybe they set something up there. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe yes, but I'm still going with no. My only problem with that is I don't know who it would be. I could see them doing it, but who it would be, I don't have an answer for you. Because there's not, like, a one man that's shooting out to me that, like, oh, yeah, that's MJF's next feud. And I'm okay with it, because that means that they can surprise me. They can build something. Yeah, and I think Adam Cole is definitely that guy moving forward. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for him to come out? I, I think it's going to be MJF holding up the title, and maybe they hold off on the Adam Cole thing if they continue Adam Cole versus Chris That's Jericho. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe if Sammy Guevara is that star of the match, 
Sammy Guevara confronts MJF at the end I of could, Double or Nothing. You know what I could see? I could honestly see Sammy Guevara showing up just dominant, like dominating performance in the last couple of minutes. Throws Darby out of the ring. Hits a, like a 630 or a 1015, whatever move he can hit, off the top rope. Lands on Jungle Boy. MJF throws him out and pins Jungle Boy. Sammy gets screwed. Sammy gets in the ring, and face-to-face is how you close Double or Nothing. Yeah, they're the best two storytellers of the four pillars, and you have that built-in story of them teaming up mm-hmm. and then falling through. Yeah, and if you want to make, make Sammy a face, what better way than to put him against the biggest heel? Yeah, I would love to see it, man. Him confront MJF at the end saying, I should have won that mm-hmm. match. I should have got the belt. You took that opportunity away from me. Give it to me, man. Like, that is great, and it's organic yes. AEW storytelling. You're not relying on a guy like Adam Cole, who formerly competed in NXT, WWE, all like everything like that. You're getting that MJF versus Sammy Guevara, and you could do that at, like, a Dynamite before mm-hmm. Forbidden Door if there's enough time there. But, man, I, I love the idea of building that type of feud in, uh, in the at the end of the main event. Yeah, and like we said – I don't see it being anyone else. I don't see Darby getting screwed and then Darby coming up to MJF. I don't see Jack doing it. Yeah, I think Jungle Boy gets the pin. Mm-hmm. Or he, he, he takes is, the pin. Yeah, he takes the pin, yeah. I think that's makes the most sense because he's honestly the least interesting one. Which is unfortunate, and I don't even think it's that much of a diss either because mm-hmm. he's still very entertaining. But compared but of the four, he's yeah. the least entertaining, which just makes this match even that more exciting mm-hmm. with all these different names and characters and moves and everything that we're going to see on Sunday night. Well, Jake, that's it. For the last time, please run through all of your winners for AEW Double or Nothing. All right, yeah, my AEW Double or Nothing predictions. So we have the not confirmed match, but likely match mm-hmm. between the House of Black and the Acclaimed. I'm going to give that one to the House of Black. The Hardys match, could not care less, but I guess I'll give it to the Hardys. Unsanctioned match, because it's unsanctioned between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. I'm leaning Chris Jericho. We'll see if other people get involved for Adam Cole, though. Certainly an interesting match there. The 21-man Blackjack Battle Royale for the International Championship. I could see Miro winning, like you said, but I'm going to give it to Orange Cassidy just because I don't know, one, the rules of the match, and two... (laughs) The, the competitors of the match either. So we'll see on that one. TBS Championship, love this feud, love this match. Ty Valkyrie as the new TBS champion, love to see it as well. Ladder match for the TNT Championship, that inkling for Christian Cage. We'll see if that happens. AW Tag Team Champions FTR retains. AW Women's Championship, Jamie Hayter also retains. Anarchy in the arena, give it to... The violent team in this match, give it to the Blackpool Combat Club, hopefully setting up a blood and guts match in the future, potentially at Forbidden Door. And then in the main event, Maxwell, Jacob, Freeman, because he's better than you, and you know it. <laughs> Love the hero. I'm going to run through mine. Like you said, not confirmed, but possible. I have the House of Black going over the acclaimed and Billy Gunn onto the confirmed matches. I have the Hardy Boys winning, which means that Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract in the unsanctioned match. I have Adam Cole, Bebe, winning against Chris Jericho in the 20-man, 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal. I have Miro winning, although if he's not in it, you know, sorry, we don't have the full 
confirmed participants either, nor do we have the full rules. Uh, in the TBS championship match, I have Jade Cargill finally losing that TBS championship, going 59-1, and so that Taya Valkyrie gets that push, gets that title, gets on to only the second TBS champion. That's crazy. Uh, the TNT championship ladder match, I have Wardlow beating Christian Cage because there's no reason for Christian Cage to have a title in 2023, even though it'd be kind of cool. Uh, the AEW tag team championships will stay on FTR as they defeat Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. For the AEW Women's Championship, I have Jamie Hayter retaining against Tony Storm. Anarchy in the, re- in the arena, I have the elite Hangman Adam Page, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega beating the Blackpool Combat Club. Hopefully setting up for a blood and guts match, as we said. And in the four pillars fatal four-way match for the AEW World Championship, I have Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman going over, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy. Hopefully setting up for an MJF Sammy match later down the line. Any last words, Jake? Yeah, man. What a fun podcast. We talked a while about Double or Nothing. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. And if you stuck around at this part thank you for listening to this entire podcast previewing a double or double or nothing and that's it man my tenure wow with wzip sports on spt overtime like i said at the top no other podcast i'd rather finish off on and the future of wzip couldn't be brighter i think you're going to be a star for wzip sports logan and hopefully we get some other aw people up here to continue this going make aw a figure on SBT overtime for WZIP sports as it's one of my main loves and hopefully it can continue on another one of my, my, one of my main loves in WZIP sports. Let's keep it going. It is unfortunate that this is my last one. I'll miss it dearly, <laughs> but I do look forward to listening, being the, the listener yeah. and not one of the voices in the future of, of these podcasts. Well, Jake, do you have a favorite memory to leave off, us off with favorite about these memory. podcasts? That's tough. I mean, when I said that the elite were scared of the dark and you laughed at that one, that was pretty good. That was a good one. I really enjoy – no, it has to be Sammy. It's the Sammy. Yeah, it has to be Sammy <laughs> when you were just talking ludicrous things about Sammy Guevara. And I almost slipped up on the podcast. I almost ran out the door because of what you were saying. But I kept my composure. That was a good one. I, I put your – Bad, bad words behind me, and I was able to finish that podcast. That was a very tough one to do. Really enjoyed that. That's number one. I'd say turning off the lights is number two. Uh, number three is Willow Nightingale. Okay. Oh, I should have never asked. All righty. Well, that will do it for this episode, this very long episode of SPT Overtime. You aren't going to want to miss Double or Nothing this Sunday, so go buy the pay-per-view or stream it somewhere. I don't know the full <laughs> Like, I think you can get it on Fight TV or something. Fight TV, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report, that's the other one. I was thinking TNT, but that's how you watch AEW. Uh, once again, as your host, my name is Logan Buchanan. And for the final time, I was joined today by Jake Murren. Listeners, please enjoy AEW Double or Nothing. <laughs>